0: a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on Leading & Learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading & Learning. This is episode number 258, Creating a Culture of Discipleship, Part 3. And what we've been doing in the last two episodes, we're talking about creating a culture of discipleship through the small groups program in your church. You know, the reality is people are not discipled on Sunday mornings during worship. It just doesn't happen. It just doesn't work. I mean, you've got an hour, hour and a half, whatever, whatever, however long your services are. And that's a time to worship. It's a time to celebrate. It's a time to, you know, hear a message from God's Word you know, pray, uh, maybe connect with your friends. But, you know, there's not going to be any really in-depth discipleship in that setting. And so that's why in in our churches, really our small groups, whether you use Sunday school classes for that reason, or whether you call them life groups or connect groups or small groups, whatever you call them, that is going to be the setting. That is going to be the place where discipleship takes place. But it's only going to take place if we're intentional about it. And so we've we started off with this verse, and I'll read it again. This is from Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen to 20 It says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age." And as we said, I'm pulling some of this material from a great article by uh, Jim Putnam, but I've also added some of my own. But in this uh, this episode, I will give you a link to the article and you can go and check it out yourself if you're interested. But just a quick recap, uh, in part one, we said that, uh, you know, small groups provide a place where we can initiate self-discovery, but it's done in the context of being with other people, you know. Praying for other people, seeing God working in their life, also strengthens our faith. Um, being in a small group setting, having uh, talking through struggles, having people you know that we give permission to, can uh, point out blind areas or blind spots in our lives. Uh, small groups also invite transparency and accountability. This is really so powerful. This is why you can't do the Christian life on your own. You can't be transparent with yourself, and we really can't hold ourselves accountable. Also, they, they enable strong relationships. They enable us to um, really build these relationships that, that God intended for us to do. You know, staying connected. You know, we are the body of Christ, well, you know, the body has many members, and so if I pull away and say I don't need you, then I'm really hurting myself. So really, discipleship is worked out in the connection in 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 conjunction with our relationships. Also, small groups allow us opportunities to observe and demonstrate the fruit of the spirit. Um, you know, very very powerful. That uh, you know, really, it's hard to manifest the fruit of the Holy Spirit to yourself. Um, the fruit of the Spirit is lived out. Um, you know in society and with other people and in relationships. So very, very important. So that, that, those were the first two episodes. We did two in each episode, and now episode three, we're going to wrap it up. And so within the, the context of our small groups, within the context of our, our connect groups, uh, we provide an opportunity for people to develop their spiritual gifts, now, if you believe the Bible, you believe that God equips us with spiritual gifts. Now, I've, I've spoken about it. I've taught on spiritual gifts. I've got other episodes on spiritual gifts. I'd encourage you to go back and listen to them. But, you know, I think one of the, the false teachings that comes out is, you know, you get one gift and that's it. Well, how boring would that be? You know, I believe we've got access to many gifts. I believe that we, we find ourselves more motivated, more driven by one or two maybe three, but I believe really in, in in depending on the setting, depending on the circumstances, we can operate in many different gifts, but they have to be developed. You know, gifts, I usually compare them to, to tools. Uh, my wife usually keeps the tools hidden because when I work on something, I usually make it worse and we have to hire somebody to come in and fix what i messed up. But But the reality is to learn how to use tools, you practice. You don't come out of the womb knowing how to use a screwdriver or a hammer or a saw or whatever the the power tool is. And so it's the same with spiritual gifts. They have to be developed. You know, learning how to pray for people. You know, this is important, but, you know, sometimes people feel very uncomfortable. had somebody tell me the other day, Um, they've only been going to a small group for, for a short time. And they said, you know, I just, I'm still not comfortable praying out loud for other people. I don't even know how to pray for myself. He said, but you know, the reality is this is where we get the opportunity to practice. It's a safe setting. Nobody's going to judge you if you say the wrong thing. I mean, I don't even know what the wrong thing is in prayer, but, um, nobody's going to get mad at you. It's a place where we practice. It's a place where we practice praying for each other for healing. You know, that's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I mean, if somebody's sick, um, you know, this is an opportunity to pray for us. I mean, I've, I've heard people say, well, why doesn't God heal people today? I actually asked somebody one time, I said, so when's the last time you prayed for someone who was sick? They asked that question in a, in a Bible study. They said, well, I don't, you know, we don't see God healing many people. And I said, well, when's the last time you prayed for somebody? And they were embarrassed because they said, well, you know, I never have. Well, <laughs> we, Wayne Gretzky said, we miss 100% of the shots we don't take. Um, and he was talking about hockey but in life we 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 miss out on seeing God heal 100% of the people that we don't pray for. But you know who knows if we would be willing to step out in faith and lay hands on people and pray for them we'll see people get healed. But a small group is an excellent excellent opportunity to practice. And you look through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Look through the, that list in 1 Corinthians 12. And and say God I want to I want to practice. I want to learn what it means to get a word of knowledge. I want to understand what prophecy is. Um, God, I want to to operate in the realm of the Holy Spirit. I want to understand discerning of spirits or whatever the gift is that that interests you and and then begin to practice. Ask God to help you. Just like we learn to use the tools, we learn to use the spiritual gifts. Well, don't go away. We'll be right back i still got one more really important uh, thought on creating a culture of discipleship in our connect groups. But I want to let you know, this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Reflections on the Resurrection. You know, I'm recording this just a little less than a month before Easter. It's coming up. And that's the reason I wrote this book, is to really help us get a clear picture of what Easter is all about. Reflections on the resurrection examines a number of the arguments that have been posed um, against the resurrection. I mean, look, if you attack the resurrection, you're attacking Christianity. If, if the, the, the resurrection is disproved, Christianity doesn't exist. The only reason Christianity exists is because Jesus rose from the dead. So we deal with some of that. We deal with the importance of the resurrection. And so really what I tried to do was create a book that was educational, apologetic in the sense that we deal with some of the arguments. And then also it's devotional. It's really designed to help us reflect on what the, the resurrection means for us today. So by all means... Get online, check it out. There'll be a link in the show notes. Click on it. Um, I actually posted a chapter a week or two ago on my blog if you want to go back and read it. But, um, you know, great, great book. It'll really help you. And what a great time to get it and read as we prepare for Easter. Well, all right, we're back. Um, The last thing that I want to talk about on using our small groups in our church to to create a culture of discipleship is one of the things that, that happens is As we we participate in a small group, as we really get connected in that way, God has an opportunity to reveal our calling. And calling is that thing in Christian terms that, that often is very mysterious. You know, there's a call of God on our lives. And, you know, I don't think it's mysterious or spooky at all. I think what happens is when we put ourselves in the right atmosphere, when we put our roots in the right soil and the soil is healthy and and we're healthy and the seeds healthy what we find is we begin to understand how we're wired we begin to understand those things that, that 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 we're good at we begin to understand what our spiritual gifts are we just talked about them but this is an opportunity for for those gifts to be developed but also for them to come into focus and you know i people all the time say um, you know, I just really don't know what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. I don't know where I'm supposed to serve at church. I'm I'm in a job that I hate and I don't feel fulfilled. So uh, obviously I feel like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but I don't know what I want to do. You know, I find in the context of, of relationships, in the context of a small group setting, this is a great laboratory to experiment and try things and to talk to people and You know, you find out what other people do and what makes them tick, and you allow the Holy Spirit to bring things to life in you. And it may not happen overnight, but as we put ourselves, again, in a healthy place where we can grow, the natural gifts, the natural passions inside of us can rise to the surface. And another way that this is expressed is also through our service in a local church, I can't tell you over the years how many times people have said, you know, I came to church with no vision, no clue what I wanted to do with my life, but as I began to serve on a team or in some capacity, you know, everything began to come into focus. When I began to focus and serve a a vision bigger than myself, everything just became, started to become clear in my life. So I would just encourage you, if, if, if you're one of those folks who just really doesn't know what you want to do with your life, or if you're just looking and feel like you're, that calling, that word calling is still kind of murky and not clear, you know, get involved in a small group. Look for ways to serve and then look and let, let's see what God will do. Well, I'm going to wrap it up there. This concludes our, our three-part series on creating a culture of discipleship. And, you know, my my question to you now is: What did I miss? Is there something else that that, that that within the small groups that we can do? Is there something else that jumps out at you that that really lends itself to creating this culture of discipleship? Um, I encourage you to let me know. And uh, and if you're already involved in a connect group or a small group, and you'd say, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I'm I'm beginning to learn what it means to follow Jesus in a real way. I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com, drop me a comment or a question um, you know, for, for today's episode. And also while you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free uh, newsletter so we, we can stay in touch. My blog comes out three times a week, and uh, that's including one of these uh, podcasts that comes out every week. And so it's just a great way for us to stay in touch. Well, friends, thanks for being with me. And until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to continue creating disciples.